Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Functionally Autoimmune. I have such a fantastic guest on the show with me today. I know you're going to be thrilled to hear this episode. With me today is Dr. Vincent Bouchamy. He is a specialist in biometric and biological and airway dentistry and is doing so many fantastic things with um, dentistry and oral care. So I'm so excited to have him here and to talk all things and get so much information. I have so many questions, as I'm sure you do, too. And thank you so much, Vince, for joining us today. Brandy, thank you for the opportunity. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. I am so excited. So I want to hear a little bit about you first before we get into all the details. How did you end up in dentistry first? And then, you know, what led you down the path of like, you know, biomimetic um, dentistry and biological? How did you get down that path? Sure. So I grew up very middle class. And for my parents, if you could own a business, you were successful, or if you could become some form of doctor, you were successful. So if I could somehow pull off both, it was like king of the world. And I really liked my dentist growing up. He had a good family life. He's very personable. His patients loved him. And I'm like, this may not be a terrible career to get into. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's interesting to hear that you liked your dentist because I don't feel like a a lot of people say that. So I'll admit this on your podcast. I've never had a cavity. Wow. So all of my interactions with my dentist were just cleanings. So of course I had a good experience. He's never given me a shot. Maybe it would have been different if I had bad teeth growing up. <laughs> yeah, that's really amazing. So, you know, you got interested in dentistry earlier. You had a great kind of mentor and experience with that. So how did you go from kind of I don't like to use the word general, but kind of general dentistry into doing this more biological, natural way of dentistry. What led you down that path? Unpredictable and not great results. So I don't want to slam traditional dentistry because there's a lot of traditional dentists out there doing really good work and they really care for their patients. But I've been out for 10 years now. For the first like seven years of my career, I just kept thinking, Am I making these teeth worse by doing traditional dentistry? For every like five crowns I would do, one would come back and need a root canal. Or for every like 10 root canals I do, one would come back and need an extraction. And I just, it's almost like you put this tooth and what they call the cycle of death, where it's a small filling, a big filling, a crown, root canal extraction. And it didn't sit well with me. So actually during the lockdowns, when it was like illegal for dentists to treat patients, I had more time to investigate other forms of restorative dentistry. And I fell across something called biomimetic dentistry, which changed my whole career. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want to know more because I've heard of biologic dentistry. I want to get into that too. But what exactly is biomimetic dentistry? What, what does it entail? What's the difference? And biomimetic dentistry and biologic dentistry are like on different ends of the world. Um, when I say I'm a biomimetic dentist, everyone assumes it's biologic. We can get into that too. So think of it this way. If, if God exists or he doesn't exist, like either nature built your tooth or God built your tooth and your tooth is designed a certain way to take on certain stressors. And when your tooth breaks, you want your dentist to rebuild your tooth that mimics as close as you can, how it was when nature built it without the defect in the tooth. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really, well, that sounds fantastic. It's a really great explanation. So I'm curious, you know, there's so many of us out there who have had dental work. I've been very lucky not to have major dental work. I feel like knocking on everything in this room. But <laughs> you know, but I have had cavities as a kid and I have had to have them filled. So I know, you know what that's like. So understanding that there may be this other way out there to kind of heal that tooth without having to go through that process has been something that's been very fascinating to me for a while now. And so I'm really happy to have you on here to talk about that. So, you know, what... I guess I don't even know the right questions to ask. What way or how, what can you do to kind of like heal your tooth naturally? Like, what does that even look like? So there's much debate. The The yeah. debate is if you get a cavity, can you heal the cavity with natural means and not through dental procedures? Mm -hmm. I, I lean towards no. So I guess let's back up and look at it this way. Your tooth yeah. has a couple layers to it. The outer hard shell is called enamel. And if the cavity is just in your enamel, there's actual mainstream dental literature that shows you can remineralize your enamel and arrest or stop the cavity and you don't okay. need to drill on it. Yeah. But if you go one more layer deeper and that layer is called dentin, it's a totally different structure than enamel. And once the cavity gets in there, I personally don't believe you can naturally stop it but there's a million dentists out there that believe you can. I just, I haven't seen it in practice and I haven't even seen the literature on it. Yeah. So it's still very fascinating to, to know that if you have kind of, it sounds like early detection of a cavity that you have this ability to kind of heal that. And so it really is kind of an early detection thing, right? Like we need to make sure that we know that it's happening before it gets deeper in the tooth. And so, you know, if, if someone's doing their every six month checkups, things like that, is that something that typically will get caught within that amount of time or how does someone watch for that? It can get caught. Um, there's like a, it's double-edged sword. Um, x-rays, although they're needed and the radiation is lower than what it used to be. You don't want to x-ray somebody's teeth every six months because yeah. you're exposing them to too much radiation, but you can catch it early. However, the biggest factor in, maybe reducing the chances of even getting it would be stuff people can do at home to prevent decay from starting or to arrest early decay, which is, I'm also really passionate about that too. Yeah. Can you tell us what a few of those things are, what your best advice for home care, what that looks like? There's like, there's three factors in that. First is diet. And okay. Diet is so big with dentistry because we know what causes cavities is yeah. you eat sugar or refined carbohydrates. The bacteria in your mouth will digest it and the bacteria poops out acid and the acid puts holes in your teeth. So if you eliminate, and this is difficult, all sugars and most carbohydrates from your diet, you severely reduce, but you don't eliminate your chances of getting cavities. Yeah. That's huge. And it's really, it's really enlightening and amazing to hear, you know, me as someone with a nutrition background, who's obviously very passionate about that, to hear someone in the dental industry talk about nutrition at all is amazing. So I'm really excited to hear you say that and talk about that. Um, but also to, to help people understand that, you know, when we say that nutrition helps your overall health, it really is your overall health, including your oral health, which is, is what you're saying. Absolutely. 
Yeah. The second component of that is, and dentistry is now moving into managing, but not treating, managing sleep apnea. And Mm -hmm. if you sleep with your mouth open, your mouth gets really dry and you don't have the saliva moving around protecting your teeth. And that really increases the chances of both gum disease and tooth decay. Yeah, that's amazing. So that leads me to the question of I've seen a lot of like ads and and things out there about these kind of strips that hold your mouth closed while you sleep. Is that something that you're talking about? You could do those types of things to help with that or, you know, what what would someone do? Because when you're asleep, you're you know, you don't know what you're doing. You're asleep. (laughs) That's really good if you have no diagnosed sleep apnea. Yeah. If you have diagnosed sleep apnea, do not tape your mouth. You have to go to a medical yeah. professional first. My wife will actually tape her mouth at nighttime to breathe through her nose. And she'll yeah. try to tape my mouth during the day because I talk too much. But <laughs> over, um, the air you breathe should be coming in through your nose, not through your mouth. Your mouth yeah. is like last minute emergency air if needed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really good, good call out about sleep apnea because for sure it can be a very dangerous and serious condition. So you know, some people need um, CPAP masks, things like that to help them breathe while they're sleeping. So that's a very important thing. Um, And so, you know, it's very interesting to me. And it makes a lot of sense that if you if your mouth gets very dry, um, and you're not making that saliva that you will have more oral um, issues and things like that with your teeth. Um, I think it's interesting, though, that we don't we think about that in a normal like day to day, but we don't think about that during sleep a lot of times because we don't really consider the things that happen when we're sleeping that can dry your mouth out or cause those issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the third thing I want to bring up is how your teeth actually come together. And that would be it's called occlusion, but basically how your bite comes together. Okay. if your bite doesn't come together correctly. You're going to be constantly cracking teeth, breaking old fillings, getting new cavities under broken crowns, and that is huge. An uneven bite will destroy your whole oral cavity. Yeah, what a great call out. And and really, <laughs> what a great call out for orthodontic care, right? <laughs> a- absolutely. Yeah, and I, you know, I had braces as an adult. It ended up being about two and a half years, um, but it was best best decision I ever made. Um, to, even though I, you know, it, I feel like it's a little bit more difficult having braces as an adult. Maybe it's not, I, you know, I don't have a gauge, uh, cause I didn't have them as a child, but, um, yeah, best decision I ever made. Just so many wonderful benefits came from that. And so I think that's really great advice. And, and another thing I think people don't think about when they're thinking about their overall oral care is because a lot of times we think about or- orthodontic care is just cosmetic. Like, oh, I just want my teeth to look a certain way. But really, that's not. That's just kind of the baseline. It, it really does so many other things. Oh, so far beyond. I, I practice less and less cosmetic dentistry as my career goes on and more functional. And orthodontics, you should first think about that impacts your overall health and a nice benefit is straight teeth, but that's like a side effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So I want to touch on a little bit because you mentioned this a little bit earlier that uh, biomimetic dentistry and biologic dentistry are very two different ends of the spectrum. So can you explain to us a little bit what biologic is and, and what makes it so different? So the philosophy of biological dentistry is always thinking, how does the treatment of the mouth affect the whole body? And how does the whole body affect the mouth? It's a very holistic view. And 
biomimetic is like the complete opposite. Th- think about like macroeconomics and microeconomics. So yeah. biomimetic is solely focused on like the single tooth and how to rebuild. Did you hear that feedback? I did not. Okay. That's just my headphones on. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's like a bomb was going off. So uh, um, biomimetic is focused on the, the single, single little tooth, but biological is like the whole holistic view of it. Okay. Yeah, and so I've kind of seen a lot of um, dentist offices popping up here and there that are, that are biological dentist practices. And so if I were going to walk into a biological dentist practice, what what would happen differently? I mean, would my cleanings be different? Like what what makes it different as far as like the care that we receive? It's totally across the board. And again, I have no intention yeah. of putting any dentist down at all. Of course. Um, but biological dentists, a lot of them focus on mercury removal and they employ something called the SMART technique, which is removing mercury from your mouth without having the mercury get back in your system. Okay. The dental board, do you hear that feedback or no? It's just on my end? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll keep going. So the dental boards frown upon that yeah they do not like any dentist saying that any treatment of the mouth like affects the rest of the body mm-hmm. so biological yeah. dentists have to be a little careful about what they say there was a dentist his name was Hale Huggins and he would say by removing your silver fillings I'll cure your autoimmune disease or I'll right. cure your multiple sclerosis and he actually lost his dental license for saying that wow yeah yeah, that's a, a very bold claim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I feel like it would not. If you have multiple sclerosis and I take out your silver fillings, I don't think it will cure your multiple sclerosis. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and that's really great explanations between the two. And I think it's fantastic to know that we, again, you know, like you mentioned earlier, nothing against conventional dentists. That's who I've seen my entire life and my teeth are great and I'm so happy for them. Um, but I think it's fantastic that we're seeing a little bit of an evolution in dentistry where there are other kind of other ways to do things, other ways to think about it, um, opportunities to heal if caught, if caught early, heal a tooth naturally, as opposed to just filling them all. I think it's really fantastic to see this kind of um, dental evolution happening. Um, and I think it's going to be really great for not only dentists, but for the patients who are having dental care, just because you now have so many amazing um, options and ways to do things. And so, you know, something I have to ask, because I, <laughs> I ask this to my dentist all the time, because, you know, they always say, make sure that you're brushing this many times a day, make sure you're flossing this many times a day. So, you know, if we're doing all the fantastic things you talked about before, if we're making sure our nutrition is as, as good as we possibly can, if we're really making sure that we are having good sleep hygiene and we're doing those things and um, checking for sleep apnea, and we're really following the steps that you talked about, um, how important is daily oral hygiene in the grand scheme of things with our teeth? Oh, geez. There's such a controversy. It's so funny you <laughs> asked that question. Um, I lie in the camp of if you're eating like a paleolithic almost ketogenic diet you only eat food that you can catch fish or grow Mm -hmm. you don't have sleep apnea 
your bite, your occlusions even, even, I think you could probably brush once a day and floss like every other day. But yeah. every dentist who's listened to this will think I'm an idiot. But <laughs> I see people that brush and floss four times a day and they have a crappy diet and they still have cavities every time they come and see me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to mention is, you know, I have friends and people and clients and people that I've talked to that are just like dedicated brushers and flossers. And I feel like that's what they do all day, but they have so many dental issues. And then I have, you know, people that I know in my life that are like, oh, I brush once a day and I floss maybe once a week and their teeth are like pristine. And I'm like, how is, how is this? And so, you know, what's amazing about that question is you've kind of already answered it is that it really depends on so many different things that are, you know, a part of our normal lifestyle and our diet as to why one person might be able to floss once a week and have amazing um, dental health while another person flosses five times a day and is really struggling. Um, and so that I just, I love that question because I think that it is so individualized um, for each person because it's so difficult to say, oh, for you, you can, you know, you can brush once a day and floss once a day and be fine because it, without all the other things, you don't really know. Absolutely. There's something called an oral microbiome, which is just like the microbiome in your gut, but it's in your mouth. Yeah. So if you have oral dysbiosis or really disease causing microbiome in your mouth, you're like, you're always fighting an uphill battle and you're getting more gum disease. You're getting more cavities. You're getting all sorts of problems. That's yeah. when you really have to focus on your diet. Then you really have to get with a professional, maybe even a periodontist, which is a gum specialist to help you get that bacteria under control. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I'm glad that you mentioned gums because I haven't touched on that quite yet, but there's so much with gum health as well. And a lot of times, you know, I think I think of it as one system, you know, we have a tooth that has its own gum and, but a lot of times when I go to the dentist, they want to ask specific questions about my gums and specific questions about my teeth. Me, to me, that's like, okay, these are actually two very different systems that just happen to work together. Um, and so I think a lot of times the gums kind of get in normal everyday, probably not in dentistry, you think about it all the time, but in normal everyday life, it's not something we think about all the time. Like, how are my gums doing? You know, are they healthy? Um, so are there specific things gum wise that we should be doing to make sure that they stay healthy and are in good shape and all of those things? Because I think that they're just as important, if not more, to really pay attention to. Absolutely. This is where you, so let me first answer this question. People always ask me the question, what kind of dentist should I see? Biomimetic, biologic, traditional. You should see a dentist that you trust and cares about you because when it comes to your gums, gum disease left untreated, you'll lose all your teeth. So you have to not only be with a professional that's constantly checking and measuring your gums, you have to look at your insulin and like insulin resistance. There's such a huge tie between people who are diabetic or pre-diabetic and gum disease. So that wow. needs to be in check as well. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. Um, I mean, intellectually, it makes a lot of sense to me, but you know, I can honestly say, I don't know that I've ever heard that connection be made. And I think that's really important because I think there's probably a lot of people out there struggling with gum disease that are frustrated and upset because they don't know why they feel like they're brushing, they're flossing, they're doing all the things and they don't understand why their gums are still struggling. And so I think being able to put connections like that together is really important because there could be something outside of um, your gum and oral health that could be causing that. And so that's really great to know. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So in that realm, what are some of the things that we can do specifically for our gums or does it fall into the same category of good sleep hygiene, nutrition, all of that? You know, is it the same or is there, are there specific things gum wise we should be looking at? Good news is the things you do to take care of your teeth, take care of your gums. But what I really, really want to stress is if you're diagnosed with periodontal disease, you have to stay on regular recalls either with your dental hygienist or a periodontist. Because I've seen gum disease move so fast that people come back in, they miss two years, and they can almost pull one of their teeth out because it's so loose. So it is so important to be under the care of a professional who's monitoring your gum disease. Yeah, for sure. And as far as like gum disease and things like that, are there proven ways? Are there good ways to heal that? You know, people listening that might be struggling with that, who might think there's just no hope in sight that they've been fighting with it for so long. Is there a way to kind of heal and get that back healthy? Um, is there natural ways to do that? What, how does that look? Again, there's so many books online. Like people always ask, does oil pulling help? If you have gum disease, oil pulling is not going to help. There's a procedure called a LANAP procedure, which is done by a periodontist, which is laser treatment, which is very effective with gum disease. Wow. And I think your at-home care, you really have to manage your diet and your if you have insulin resistance, and that's your best defense at home. And of course, brushing and flossing too. Yeah, for sure. And early signs of gum disease. I know, you know, a lot of times we're told if you, if you see blood when you're brushing, that's not good. So, and we've already talked about how kind of early detection is really the best way of, of healing all of these things um, more easily and quickly. So what are, besides possibly bleeding when you're brushing, what are other things that might be early signs that your gums are not doing well? If it's at home, bad breath could be one of it. Um, okay. Wiggly teeth, tooth mobility. At the dental office, we'll take x-rays to check your bone levels. So if you have like three years of x-rays and your bone levels are getting worse every year, that's part of it too. That can indicate early disease of gum disease. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned kind of measurements. So that's when um, you go in for a cleaning and they're kind of measuring your gum line um, to see if that's receding or those kinds of things, right? Yeah. When you're, so you're very sweet hygienist sticks that probe in your gums because they care about you, that measures the pocket around your tooth. And okay. the the pocket, the higher the risk of gum disease. Okay, yeah. I, I've always wondered kind of what, I knew it was something to do with gum health. They do it every time I go get a cleaning. I'm like, whatever, it's just part of it. But I never really truly understood like what they were looking for. I just assumed it was like, okay, you're looking to see if there's like recession or <laughs> something happening. Um, so it's a, it's a great thing to know because, you know, you, you can then get more involved in your own dental care when you understand better what's going on and have the right questions and conversations um, with your hygienist and your, your dentist. And I think that's really fantastic too. So I, I wanted to know if, um, you know, if there's people out there listening and they're like, wow, I'm really interested in the style of dentistry. I'm really interested in asking you more questions. I'm really like, there's just so many things. Is there, are there ways that someone can reach out to you or, um, find you or get in contact with you? How, how would someone go about doing that? Sure. So I practice in Michigan and I'm legally only allowed to give dental like advice to people yeah. in Michigan. I actually, my practice is set up where I have a lot of people that drive in or flying out of state to come see me. So um, my practice is Buscemi family dentistry. 
But if you want to follow me online on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Vince DDS. But the information I post on my Instagram is more targeted for dentists, not so much towards the general audience. Okay. Yeah, that's really great to know. And sometimes just following providers who are talking to other providers can be very enlightening too, though. Even if sometimes you don't really understand something that they're saying, still, sometimes there's just pockets of like aha moments in those as well. Um, so it's not it's not a bad idea to to do that, even if you think, oh, I'm not going to understand what you're talking about or are <laughs> those kinds of things. So that's really amazing. And it's it is nice to know that people do have the opportunity to come to you um, and be seen if that's something that they're interested in, um, if they feel a connection with what you're saying or they've just been really struggling because I've definitely met people who have just had terrible experiences with dentists for whatever reason um, and struggle to find someone that they trust and feel safe with. And so for those people, I know being willing to travel to someone that they trust and feel safe with is, is completely worth it. Um, and so it's great to know that that's an option out there for everyone. And then, you know, before we run out of time, we're getting really close. I just want to see, is there any other advice or information you'd like to give us before we go, just so that everyone has the, the best oral care advice they possibly could have? Absolutely. A dentist is so vital. Think of them like a partner of your oral care. And don't fall for just because they advertise as biomimetic or biologic or holistic or any or cosmetic. It doesn't mean that they're good at doing it. It just means that they're good at advertising. When you go in and you meet someone for the first time, go get a second opinion. And you always have to be with somebody that in your gut, in your intuition, you trust. Because I've been out for 10 years. I have some patients I've known for 10 years. You're going to develop a very long relationship with this person and you have to be able to, you have to like them and trust them and know they're going to do good work by you. Yeah. Yeah. That's such great advice. And it is so important, especially, you know, with something as important as your oral, oral health and as important as you're seeing this person twice a year, if not more, <laughs> depending on your situation. Um, so it's very important to have someone that you trust and that you can, um, trust with your care and be open and honest with and have that relationship with. That's really great. Um, again, thank you so much, Vince, for being on the show, for sharing all this information with us. I think dentistry is something that we all have to, it's a part of all of our lives, but we don't talk about it enough. And so I think it's so great to have this conversation and get this information out to everyone and have a little bit more insight into different different things and different ways to look at dentistry. So I thank you so much for what you're doing and for coming on the show and sharing all of that with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. It's so much fun. Yeah, thanks. Me too. Um, and thank you everyone who is listening for joining the show and we will catch you on the next episode. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. With 75 absorbable vitamins and minerals in just one scoop per day. I've increased my energy, immune function, and so much more. AG is a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. For your own risk-free AG plus 20% off and free vitamin D3 K2 supplement, go to www.athleticgreens.com backslash functionally autoimmune or look in the notes of this podcast and you can find the link there. Trust me, you want to add Athletic Greens to your day. It makes such a huge difference.